For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Scored a touchdown earlier in a direct snap. Now it's Michelle's turn running all the way. Gets to the edge. Sonny Michelle will send the Dogs home to the championship game. Fifty-three and a half yard drive near hash. Kick right, snap, hold. Kick is away. It's reaching, and it is good, good, good. Hot pot does it. All right, hot pot. Thoughts with an up and out, wide open. Touchdown, Israel. Two. Good day, good day, good day. How's it going? We are the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, also coming to you live from Brinks TV. It's another week. Israel, we got college football on this weekend, so no more weekends without it. I'm excited. And, of course, joining me is Israel. What's up, man? What's going on, man? I'm excited, too. As you can see, I'm repping my my Georgia Dog shirt here. TJ Maxx get ready. TJ Maxx special for five dollars. You $5, know, so you um, looking forward to um, watching some football. Finally, other than you know high school, we always wait for college football to come on. You know, if you're a real football fan, um, so I'm excited mm-hmm. about football coming back. That's right. I'm I'm excited as well. And there's going to be uh, hopefully fans in the stands, and and you get real crowd noise this time. So I'm excited for it. Um, but like I said, we are the uh, Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast presented by BetOnline.ag. If you want to follow us, just look down below. Just hit that scroll, and uh, you can follow us. Follow Israel. Follow the show. Follow me. Uh, come check us out. Uh, without you, this thing don't grow. So so like mm-hmm. it, share it, comment, subscribe, do. All of the above. Hit us up on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. We're on Twitch. Um, not on TikTok yet. Um, not officially. Uh, I've got an account for for our show, but I don't really use it. But still trying to figure that medium out. But um, like I said, I might get some of the kids at school to teach me how to how to actually use it for uh, for what I want to use it for. Don't worry. I'm not going to do any dances. Israel's not going to do any yeah. dances either. So um, I haven't been practicing. Don't plan to practice. So. Um, but like I said, we are presented by betonline.ag. It is, if you're into sports betting, BetOnline is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures or who you think will win the championship, BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. I know I've been saying this with the NBA and never pulled the trigger, but I really think I might because Nebraska-Illinois play this week, and I really think I might just for the fun of it, Put some action on that game. Ooh, I think you got to watch out for Illinois with uh, Brett Belima there now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you just never know what might happen. Are they going to be the ground and pound that he's usually doing? Or are they going to spread it out and throw that pill around a little bit? So it's going to be interesting to see what goes on. And uh, with everything going on in Nebraska right now with Scott Frost, you just never know what might happen. Right, exactly. We'll, we will actually, in, in, in our wrap-up segment here, if you notice on the sidebar um, of our PTI set, um, you, uh, you'll, you'll notice that in our wrap-up, we'll, uh, we'll make a few picks on some of these college games because we can. Uh, that'll be part of our, <laughs> our in-season uh, rundown. We'll make picks at the end of every show. Uh, we'll make some, you know, obviously SEC picks and obviously some other picks from around the country of, of some spreads that I think are interesting. So we'll, 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 get, in, we'll get into all of that. But I just wanted to say that um, – if you want to play these games, if you want to play some live bets, go visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before that next big game, head on over to bet online and start playing today. That's bet online, your online sports book experts, Israel. Um, it's that time of year, that time of year where mm-hmm. I have no voice and I'll probably won't have a voice until about mid November. Um, yeah, you hear, you hear mine right now. You know, I kind of feel bad for our fans a little bit because um, I sound a little raspy. Um, we actually, it's, uh, it's authentic, Israel. Yesterday. Don't feel bad. It's authentic. Trust me, it, it, it's the life of a coach. Um, <laughs> you know, we actually got kind of shut down a little bit yesterday due to some contact tracing, um, but we're fine. You know, everything's good to go. So we had a long practice today. Um, lots of yelling today, you know, lots of getting kids in order, but it was actually a good practice. So, um, I know Corey feels the same way I do, you know, on, during the week. Uh, we're coming to you a little bit early this week because we both have games um, on Thursday this week. So um, this is what it sounds like. This is what it sounds like to be a coach Monday through Friday. Exactly. And then this is this is what we deal with. And apparently this is what it looks like to be a coach in August in, in the South. Uh, Israel, I'm not far away from matching your T-shirt. Uh, with uh, with all my son, so uh, that's uh, that that's good as well. But anyway, it was a it was a scorcher here today. But um, some some real quick breaking news before we get into the scrimmaging. Um, apparently, uh, defensive back David Daniel was hit by a bus earlier today. Um, he's fine. He's tough. He has you know bumps and bruises. Very very lucky. Uh, that uh, nothing worse happened. I guess he just got too close and a bus just nicked him um, or he tried to get out of the way just in time. I'm not sure exactly what happened, um, but us and motor vehicle accidents, whether it be scooters, buses, cars, because Tommy Bush and Richard LeCount both got struck last year as well. So what, what, like, do we just need to bubble wrap these guys? Oh man, you know, sometimes, you know, you and I will, you and I both know, Sometimes those buses come really close to the curb. You know, sometimes if you aren't careful, um, they'll hit you. You know, you get hit by a mirror or sometimes the bike rack. So maybe it's a situation where you're just a little bit too close to the curb. Um, you know, hopefully he's paying attention. You know, I've seen, you know, people trying to cross the street and the bus is coming and get hit. You know, luckily the bus slows down. But, I mean, at the same time, you just got hit by a bus. You know, so <laughs> yeah. um, hopefully, you know, um, everything's fine with him. You know, it was a simple fact that you know, maybe he was a little bit too close to the curb, something like that, to where um, that injury um, is not serious um, and he's okay to play. So, you know, prayers out to you, my man, and, you know, watch out for the buses. Can they, they can be very violent at times. They they can be, and, and uh, luckily we can uh, – luckily we can laugh about it a little bit because he's okay. So 
Um, that that's, that's good. If it was more serious, obviously we, we would not be uh, having a little bit of fun with it. So uh, just, uh, just be careful, right? Just be yeah, careful. So got to. Um, second scrimmage, second scrimmage, excuse me, uh, is in the books. Uh, they, uh, you know, completed another, uh, pretty productive day. Kirby said that he was pretty, uh, pretty pleased overall with the effort of the scrimmage. Uh, the main thing coming out of the scrimmage Israel is communication. So here's, here's kind of what I want to get across because communication is, is very, very important when it comes to, uh, being able to, I don't want to say the definition with the definition, but being able to properly communicate the calls is very, very important because you need to, you need to be able to get guys in the right position, get guys, mm-hmm. uh, especially on the offensive line uh, with, with defenses doing so much movement and pre-snap uh, realignment that you guys got to be on the same page. And, mm-hmm. you know, your, your center who is new, which is Cedric Van Pran. Uh, is a new center. He's got to be able to, he's got to be able to make the calls as well. So, you know, yes. that's, that's something that, you know, from scrimmage one to scrimmage two should improve. And I think it did a little bit, but you know, how important is, you know, what kind of other things communication wise do you need? Like defensively special teams wise, uh, offense wise, you know, when, when it comes to communication. Uh, I mean, number one is making sure you got the right personnel, you know, when you rate the huddle um, yeah. for me, you know, I call it shoe. Um, I mean, we, we all get in the horseshoe kind of like a circle. I mean, I count my guys, make sure I got all 11, um, you know, make sure I got, you know, two tackles, two guard center, you know, things like that um, before we break the huddle, before I give the play. You know, that's number one. Um, number two is making sure that you identify people who are injured. So if <clears throat> if he's on field goal team, you know, and he got hurt the play before, then you got to let the special teams coach know, hey, so-and-so's down. Um, next thing is getting the play in. You know, making sure there's no miscommunication. For me, I'm one of the signalers for, for our offense. You know, yeah. so it's making sure that my guys can see me, making sure my guys can see my O-line coach who's signaling, making sure my guys can see my receiver coach who's signaling as well. You know, so it's making sure everybody understands who's the hot guy um, and all that good stuff. There's so much that goes into a ball game that people don't understand. Um, and all this happens at practice. Yeah. Um, we signal at practice. You know, we signal during scrimmages as well. Um, with Georgia being no no huddle up tempo type offense this year, you know they go off wristbands. You got to make sure people understand what number they're looking at on the wristband. So it yeah. takes a lot to go into it and um, make sure everybody's in the right spot up, up front is at the utmost importance. If your center goes down, the next guy has to know what to do. Pointing out mics, I don't know if they do that anymore, but pointing out mics, pointing out hots, making sure we understand that we're going left and not right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much that goes into communication. And when you're on and when you're on the O line, it's at the utmost importance at all times that we talk, talk, talk. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of schemes, and I don't know about your your schemes or whatever, but I've I've been in schemes where you point out the mic to start your count, play side. So mm-hmm. like you 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 point out your mic, he's the zero, and then you go from the mic one, two, and then backside yeah. one two and then if there's a third guy number three and each person is responsible for a certain number like guard will be responsible for number one tackle number Mm -hmm. two tight end or wing or whoever uh, whatever other back you may have in the backfield if you're 20 personnel or 21 personnel we'll have number three center center will be responsible for either backside one or zero Mm -hmm. depending on 
uh, alignment. And we, we got to be able to communicate that and you got to be able to get yes. that, get that call down the line. So usually pointing out the mic for pass protection, uh, inside zone runs, uh, outside zones, probably not quite as, quite as bad or identifying combo blocks. Hey, let's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ace, ace, deuce, deuce, or, you know, whatever. I'm just throwing out a couple terms there, but yeah. you know, so whatever low for you solo, solo, you know, things like that to, Man, that's a, that stuff's important. You gotta know when you're doubling. Mm-hmm. Gotta know when you're by yourself. Um, gotta know when you're you're pulling. You know, you gotta understand when who's pulling. Where am I going? You know, is there a three technique? Is there a shade? Yeah. You know, things like that. Those stuff has got to be pointed out by the center. <laughs> he's yeah. got to know what's going on. Absolutely. And so he's of utmost importance. When you have a new guy in there, sometimes communications can break down. Uh, there was some lack of communication when Richard LeCount went out last year. We saw that in the mm-hmm. Florida game where we had communication breakdowns on who had who, especially in the defensive backfield. That's of utmost importance. If you don't communicate on a punt, that's how you get a punt blocked. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've seen that happen. I saw that happen last, last Friday when in, in our game, we had two punts blocked for a touchdown. Um, that was, uh, that was not fun. Both, both times our personal protector, uh, had an opportunity to hit one of two people chose neither and they blocked mm-hmm. the kick. One of them, one of the block kicks, the dude basically just pawned the ball off the punter's hand. Off the punter's oh, wow. foot, I mean, and it, it was in the end zone, so he just palmed it and like took it off his foot and scored. It was uh, that that was kind of demoralizing. That that put him up thirty-one to nothing. It was a rough rough night, but um, so let's 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 get into offense specifically. Um, you know, you're kind of starting to see Todd Monken get into his own. Uh, with the big playability, um, even with all the injuries mounting up, you're kind of seeing what he can do. There's some guys that are starting to come back that are starting to emerge. Like Arian Smith is starting to become a dangerous playmaker, things like that. Kenny McIntosh is starting to kind of emerge. He had a really good, uh, he had a really good scrimmage. Kendall Milton has been having a really good camp. He had a pretty good, pretty good scrimmage as well. And obviously James cook and, and Zamir white, we, we, we know what they bring to the table. So they probably didn't mm-hmm. get as many reps as they normally would in that. And then of course we talked about a Donnie Mitchell last week. He got a lot, he got some first team reps and mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that coming out of this scrimmage with, with Darnell Washington down, you know, a lot of people think that tight end went from uh, went from no problem to big problem. I still don't really believe that because Fitzpatrick, um, is is somebody that can get it done. Brock Bowers is somebody that can get it done. And and we can also get it done in different personnel grouping. So I'm not as worried about the tight end position as probably a lot of people are. But you look at your strengths, obviously, um, you know, JT Daniels and being able to distribute the ball. Uh, the offensive line has is deep with talent, but you know, can the can the guys down the line guys come in and provide um opportunities? So let's talk about the offensive line. Let's start there. Um, let's start there, Israel. I, I think when you look at the left tackle spot right now, Broderick Jones is, is showing that he could push for that eventual starting position. I think it, it's looking more and more like they're going Sawyer game one, which I think is brilliant. I think he's staying with Sawyer. Um, <clears throat> he's the proven guy um, right now. Um, you're going against a, a Brett Vittables defense. You kind of want somebody who's more experienced over there in that spot anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think that's a great move by them. Um, I don't know how much Clemson has coming back from on the D line, um, but I know the linebackers are good. I know the secondary is pretty sporty too. Yeah. Um, so if we can protect, 
Um, I think we can find some holes, um, you know, within that secondary. So as long as we can protect, you know, if that if that means putting somebody experienced up there, I think we're fine. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, on, on the interior, Justin Schaefer, somebody, a senior coming back that has a lot of experience. He's a guy mm-hmm. that can provide some much needed umph at that guard position. Somebody that can also help relay the calls. I think he he's somebody that can support a young center because mm-hmm. his hand injury with Warren Erickson is a little bit more serious than I thought because he's still out for the most yeah. part. I mean, I think he's starting to get a little bit of work, but he's not really getting any scrimmage reps. So, you know, having a guy like Justin Schaefer right there at guard to help you out with all the calls, I think is absolutely invaluable. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see what Tate Ratlich can do. Um, that right tackle spot um, also is is something that's interesting because Tate Ratlich is actually, I've, I've read his name as being a contender at that right tackle spot. And, mm-hmm. um, him, Xavier Truss, uh, you know, if Broderick Jones doesn't end up being the starter at, at left tackle, maybe he moves over and starts at right tackle. Um, who knows? Uh, and, and a lot of this is going to going to be determined by Marius Mims and how well he develops. He was beat up a little bit, so um, he's been he hadn't been getting as much work lately. So I, I don't know. Like I, I really like this offensive line how it shakes out. E- even if there's, I, I mean, I think there's eight guys that that can mm-hmm. step in and, and play and and not have a drop off. Yeah, you got eight guys that can play all five positions across the board. You know, you mentioned Schaefer, having Schaefer at guard right next yeah. to the center, who's right next to an inexperienced center. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see it all the time in college football. And for us in high school football, guards are the ones that make the calls for the center. You know, if you yeah. got somebody who's been there before and somebody inexperienced right next to them, you know, why not yeah. let the guard kind of take that over? And all the center has to worry about is stopping the football. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited to kind of see where, where that, where that all shakes out the guard spots as well. Um, you know, when these tackles come along, Sawyer, eventually the goal is to move Sawyer in. So these tackles, mm-hmm. no pressure, but there, there, there is some, uh, <laughs> there is some urgency to kind of get those guys up to speed so that Sawyer can move inside to his more natural position of guard. So, mm-hmm. um, offensive line shaking out really, really well. Uh, some other strengths, the backs are actually showing that they can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, and, they, yes. and and we're actually seeing that Todd Monken is involving them in the past game. So if mm-hmm. you really kind of want to know, go look at his, uh, go look at his, uh, work at, at Southern Miss because he had two NFL guys in the backfield, um, Jalen Richard and, uh, Judge Ito, which is what his nickname is. Uh, I can't think of his, <laughs> can't think of his actual first name, but, um, Ito and and uh, and the other guy, Jalen Richard. Uh, he used those guys really, really well. Stayed in per- twenty personnel a lot. I, I think with some of the injuries that are mounting up, you might see some twenty personnel stuff and some of these guys catching mm-hmm. balls out of the backfield. You might see some Zamir White and James Cook in the backfield at the same time doing some things. And I, I'm excited for it. There's going to be some different formations that we deploy that take advantage mm-hmm. of some of that stuff, motions, things like that, ways to get. James Cook around the field because I don't know if you know this. Um, James Cook is a weapon. He's a yes. weapon. He's a weapon. Yes. And what what makes defenses more upset when they have to chase the rabbit? Mm-hmm. When you got somebody like James Cook who can play in the slot, who can play running back, who can play sniffer, and now you have to attain for him anywhere he is on the field. So I mean, if you got Zeus and him on the on the field at the same time. 
Now you have to look at run or you have to look at him at the, or both of them at the backfield. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, any any good coordinator and you you well, you know as well as I do, we're yeah. going to use the back. We're going to use the back in runs. We're going to use the back in protection. And we're going to use the back in pass. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, with the things that Monkey wants to do, it seems like Coach Smart is kind of giving him the keys to the Cadillac. You know, being able to use all your weapons at your disposal, especially when you got a couple down, is is key to winning ball games. It's going to be key to win, beating Clemson. It's going to be key to beating Alabama or Texas A&M or whoever we play against in the NC Championship game. Is using all your weapons and keeping the, the defense off balance. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know that that's that's the biggest thing. And and so as we kind of wrap up this defensive session or this offensive session before we move to defense, you know, anytime you can use your backs and anytime um, you can get those guys involved, the, those create mismatches. And if you really kind of want to know what James Cook's impact can be, watch the Bama game, even though we didn't win. Mm-hmm. Um, watch South Carolina game. I think those are his two best games, and then Missouri, um, I think were his three best games. But um, I'm, I'm excited about this offense. And then, and then of course, the backup uh, quarterback position, uh, Carson Beck, um, he's improved immensely, right? He's improved mm-hmm. tremendously. But to me, it, you know, I, I guess if, if, it's a, if it's a pinch hitting situation where you just need a quarterback for a series or two, probably going to be Stetson Bennett um, just to kind of stabilize things. But I think if it's something long-term, you're probably looking at Brock Vandegrift. Let's just be honest about that. He's more talented. He once he once the light turns on for him, it, it's it's going to be pretty special. Yeah, I think uh, I don't think he's ready yet. I think I think you are. I think he'll be able to come back and compete by this time next year, or you know, Lord's willing, something doesn't happen to JT. Yeah. You know, and he has to be thrown in the fire already. I think he better could beat them, but I think you got to go with Carson Beck if it's a long-term deal. Um, he's been there for a year. Um, yeah. And under, he's shown under, that he can do other. it, so give yeah. him a shot. Uh, I, I'd Coach like to see Mike him get can, a shot. Um, you still have Stetson Bennett who can go in and give you some quality reps, mm-hmm. um, some quality minutes at QB, too. So I think you go with those two guys first. Um, yeah. And that's just coming from, you know, a coordinator myself. Who am I going to look at first? A guy who's been here, who kind of knows the offense or, freshman who is just now kind of learning everything. It also depends on how much Brandon Griff is in his playbook. If he's in his playbook a lot and he knows what to do, let him go. You know, mm-hmm. um, we're not holding back. We're not going to just keep the must have the kid on the bench. You know, if you know it, you play it and let's go out there and ball. Let's do it. Let's do it. So switching over, transitioning over to the defense, uh, just one of the biggest observations is, and this is a physical physical football mm-hmm. team. You know, you, you have some guys that can thump. Obviously the front seven is the overwhelming strength of this team. And that's not even a knock on the, on the back on, on the secondary, but this front four is about as loaded as it gets for Georgia. It's, it's mm-hmm. as loaded as it's as loaded as it's ever been under Kirby smart. And man, you, you look at some of the likes of the guys that we have just, uh, Justin, uh, J- um, Good Lord. Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Trevon Walker, um, Devontae, mm-hmm. you know, Devontae Wynn, you know, those guys. Um, and, I, you know, you just you just keep rolling them through, right? Yes. You just you just keep keep rolling them through. And you've got guys that can be fresh up there, mm-hmm. right? And 
not only do you have defensive linemen that can that you can roll in and be fresh, but you got some linebackers too, like Adam Anderson and Nolan Smith on the edges, right? Mm-hmm. Those are two of the fastest edge rushers in the country. Those are two NFL guys. And Nolan Smith is a little bit bigger than Adam Anderson, so he's probably going to be that closer to the line of scrimmage, uh, have a heavier presence in the run game than, than Anderson. Not that both of them won't have a heavy run, uh, heavy presence in the run game, but man, like when you look at all of these strengths in the front seven, which one of these, I know it's like asking who your favorite kid is, but <laughs> what, what's your, like, what do you, like, what are you most excited about with this, with this defensive front? Uh, the fact that Jordan Davis came back, that's number one. Yeah. Um, when you got a guy who can just stand there and just take on two blocks and free up linebackers, that's exactly what you want from a D line. That's number one. Number two. Devontae Wyatt, not when Devontae Wyatt. Yeah. Have you seen Adam Anderson? Dude is holy snipes. He looks just like Leonard Floyd, who's Mm -hmm. playing the NFL right now. You know, he reminds me of Leonard Floyd a lot too. But here's the thing though, you can take Adam Anderson and put him at star. Now you have another linebacker on the field that can stop the run. Those Mm -hmm. are the bubble screens that you and I both love to throw or not taking or not taking care of. Yeah, if I'm seeing him out there, I ain't, I ain't throwing that. Like, you can't block that him can, on the perimeter. Exactly. That can run a 4-5. Or five. Yeah, you know you what I mean? So, I mean, it's – God, what do you do with that? Yeah, so then you got Nolan <laughs> on the other side. I mean, you got strength against speed on that. I mean, there's so much – so many weapons, you know, at, at the disposal of Kirby Smart and Coach Lanning and the whole defensive staff. And now, think about this. You've added much champ to the mix now. You've added Kirby, who still has a voice with the defense now. You know, you've added one of the best secondary coaches in the in the in the business, one of the best D line coaches in the business. You know, you have an all star cast on defense that everybody's loved playing for. These absolutely. kids are going out and they love playing football. We are letting the dogs live, and it's going to be absolutely wonderful to watch them against Clemson. Absolutely, man. And and Dan Landing is a rising star. I on a side note he's not going to be at Georgia much longer. Let's just be honest about that. He's not, um, he's going to be, he's going to be a head coach somewhere next year. I, I I can guarantee you that if he wants to be, that's, that's, I didn't realize that he was like her age. He's like what? 34, 35, something like that. He's he's younger than me, which is crazy. Yeah. Alabama's defensive coordinator is like my age. He's like 32, 33. That's insane. Like, uh, Sean McVay for the Rams was 30 when he accepted the the job. He was five years younger than me when he accepted the job of head coach yeah. <laughs> for the Rams. I was so like, I, mean, I was like, man, you got to be kidding me. It um, just pays so, if you know what you're doing and you can go out there and get the job done. Mm-hmm. There you go. Absolutely, and he he earned it, man. He earned it. So the the, the one I'm most excited about. Obviously, I'm excited about Jordan Davis. That that's like that should go without saying, right? Mm-hmm. I'm excited about Devontae Wyatt. The dude has been an animal in the weight room in the offseason program. Jalen Carter, the dude was an animal in like Oklahoma drills, like every training mm-hmm. camp. Um, I'm most excited about Nicobe Dean. I think he's gonna have a huge mm-hmm. year. Uh just watching him run around. Um, he was drawing Roquan Smith comparisons as soon as he walked in the door. Thought that was a bit unfair, but he is because it's pretty lofty, but he's going to have a special year. I think he's going to have a great year. He's, he is, he is, he showed out in the scrimmage. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about him. I am too. You know, like I said, you got to understand after what COVID did last year and, you know, mm-hmm. 
as I think it was a great season, but you know, most people a disappointing season. Mm-hmm. You know, as most people would say, you gotta understand these kids are out here having fun. They're playing for each other. You know, they're playing for their brother, which is right next to them. And you see that. You mm-hmm. see that on offense. You see them making plays. You see that on defense. Look how much fun they're having. You know, they're they're hyping each other up. They're having a great time. And yeah. I mean, and that's what it takes to win ball games. You know, yeah. you look at all these other programs, you know, even in Alabama, even with Nick Saban hollering and screaming every day, those guys love going to practice every day. Mm-hmm. If you don't love to practice, then you're not going to win a lot of football games. And yeah. now I think we finally got to the point to where we love to practice. And now we're going to go out and win football games. And, and you know why? Because it's competitive. It, it's yes, like, you can beat. You, you, like uh, practices are games for these guys because mm-hmm. like when twos go against twos, it's, it might be better than a, than, than your standard ACC game. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's insane. Like practice has been so competitive, so fun, so juiced that these guys just love going out there each and every week. And if you don't love to practice, then man, it's, it, it, it gets a bit tough. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of ways to get practice a little bit more competitive and a little bit more physical, Kirby's figured it out, but you know, in, in my reading uh, and some of these scrimmage notes, what's scary is that the biggest concern is the secondary. And it's not that concerning because we've got Mm. some playmakers there. Yeah. We're a little beat up, but like we've got some playmakers there that can, that can do some things. And, and Jamel, uh, Jamil, a die or a day, is it a day? I don't think I'm ever going to get that right. I'm sorry, coach, but um, it, it's it's crazy, right? Like that's how scary this defense is because the secondary, who is probably better than half the conference, if I'm being mm-hmm. honest, that's the like I guess you have to pick a concern, right? You have to be concerned yeah, about guess, something, guess, right? You, you have to pick something to complain about, but at the same time, you understand. You got Keely Ringo, you got Allen Green, yeah. you got Mary Speed. So- Oh my God! You Jaylen got so Kimber. many names back there that can get it done. Yeah. That's the thing. If and you Kamari just let these guys play, he, he he's getting in the mix now too. Exactly. You just let these guys play. Let them play. Yeah. Of course, they're going to name a time at Alabama that somebody didn't get beat in the secondary. They had a great front seven. Did they always have the best corners? No. no. But guess what? They let them boys go out there and play. They got national championships. And every year, who are we going to put at corner? Who are we going to get at safety? They, they just figure it out. <laughs> they just <laughs> figure it out. They just figure it out and let them go. Like it's, it's called it, recruiting for a reason, guys. <laughs> it's called recruiting, and you got to let those guys play. Like you can't coach scared with those guys. Like you got to understand. Yeah. Hey, we're going to get beat. Occ- we're going to get beat occasionally, but we got to win more battles than than we lose, and we'll be okay. Just let those guys exactly. learn, man. But uh, talking about a couple newcomers uh, defensively that emerged from this camp. Obviously, Samuel Munden is somebody mm-hmm. that's been kind of creeping up the charts. Um, he is going to be the real deal at linebacker. Then, of course, uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson, kid out of Maryland. Um, he is a thumper. He's going to come down and, and, and strike people. Kamari Laster, who I just said, is uh, is impressing at cornerback, so he might get some time as well. And then Javon Bullard at safety uh, also. Some of these newcomers, some of these new freshmen uh, are, are getting uh, a great deal of reps, and they are taking advantage of them. Why? Because they have to, because it's competitive. Exactly, and that's one thing I love about Coach Kerry Spark. Um, I haven't been up to Athens in a while, but the last time I was up there, I got to talk to him. He's all about the result. 
Mm-hmm. It's all about results. It's all about guys competing. If you want to play, show me you want to play. You know, I have to keep you off the field either for an academic reason or you're suspended, stuff like that. Not because of the effort and things you do at practice. Exactly. That shouldn't be a reason why I keep you off the field. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what he wants. And that, and I think that's what he's finding. He's finally getting that every single day. I think these guys are starting to realize we can compete with these people. Mm-hmm. If we, one thing he said at media day, um, we can't concern ourselves with what you think, uh, you fans outside, me, you, you know, things like that. We can only control what we control, and that's within our locker room. If we're competing every day, then we're going to be great. If we're listed outside about how great we are, we're not coming to work, then we're going to get beat. What blank period? Yeah. That's exactly what it is, man. Exactly what it is. So this is the uh, this is the last scrimmage. We're in game prep mode now. Uh, speaking of game prep, everybody's prepping for what these uniforms are going to look like. Um, you're you're going to see the red pants that we wore against Arkansas more than likely and the red jerseys. It's color rush time. Israel, it's it's bled down into, into college football now. They're doing the NFL-style color rush. Clemson's going to be purpled out which they do from time to time anyway. So it's not really abnormal mm-hmm. for them. Um, I know that you probably have a little uh, power ranger uniform PTSD um, mm-hmm. when, when you think about this whole color rush thing, but I mean, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued to see what this red on red combination is going to look like as long as they don't go too, you know, too funky with it. Right. I think if you just go regular red on red, I think it'll look fine. You know, you see Texas A&M do it. You know, you see a lot of teams. You see um, Louisville do it a, couple, a little bit, you know, things like that. So if it's the regular red, our regular red on red, I think we'll be fine. Um, but if, you know, we come out looking like a plum like we did with the Power Ranger uniforms, um, I think it's it's not going to look very good. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Clemson wears purple on purple all the time. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not. It's nothing for them. Like it's just a regular uni- uniform combo. Yeah. Fun, um, funny stories when I was being recruited, they would send. You know, they send the postcards and things home, mm-hmm. and uh, Clemson would always send a postcard with them wearing purple on purple to my mom all the time. She loved it. She loves. She loves the purple on purple. Was she was she trying to say, okay, Israel, if it's not Georgia, go to Clemson? No, she. If it wasn't Georgia, it was Florida. Oh man, that's good. Good choice. Yeah, good choice. You yeah. could have been a Gator. Mm. You know, so mm. um, I got. I come from a family of Gators anyway, so it, it would yeah, have fell right into everybody's hand anyway. So yeah, it wouldn't make it would make for good TV now. No, it wouldn't. You wouldn't be on Brinks TV with me, right? So, so yeah. the world, the world is looking out for you. Right? <laughs> that's what I'm going to tell myself. So, um, yeah, I could have went to Florida State. Um, obviously not as a, as a player. Uh, God didn't bless me with the physical attributes to, uh, to be able to play at the next level. Um, and, and in 2002, I, I was not aware of all the opportunities that you have at the division three and in a, in AIA level. Um, mm-hmm. I just was not aware of all those. I probably had, I had some of those opportunities presented to me. I would have done some thinking about those, but um, it just wasn't, just wasn't prevalent. And, and yeah. at least in my world, it was not prevalent. Like if I, if I was one of these kids today, I, I would most definitely take some of these, some of these offers, but mm-hmm. um, I didn't and I don't regret it, but 
Um, you know, I, I worked inside the office and that was, that was pretty cool. So, um, but the red on red, I, I think it's going to be fun. It, it's got the fans buzzing. That's, that's why it's on our list. It's got the fans buzzing and, you know, you know how Georgia fans are there anything, but red on silver britches or white on silver britches. It ain't for them. Right. Because they yeah, have the yeah. Power Rangers PTSD or the, or the or the black pants, black helmet, uh, Florida disaster, which I call the Grambling uniforms um, from '09, which was a disaster. What did you think of those? You wore those too, didn't you? I actually, I actually like that. I actually it's, like it's that. It's a good combo. Then, you know, it's just, it's, it's a, a good combo. look. It just you know you, you get thumped in them. It's not really you know. Yeah, not so much. I, I wonder whatever happened to those. I don't the black pants were awesome. Like I would love to see they a like, black on black combo. Yeah, they like disappeared. Yeah, we, yeah, never, sure we never they, saw them again after that. They Coach Rick probably burned them after that game. <laughs> probably uh um, buried them or or whatever. Like like they like anytime you get a big loss, like they're probably buried with those Power Ranger uniforms that people didn't take probably, home with the leftovers. Probably. Like everybody but, took their know, own jersey home. Yeah, but you know, anytime you know you get one of these games, you know, it's always fun. Um mm-hmm. first game of the season. Um, game day is going to be there. Um, so, you know, it's always fun to, you know, spice it up a little bit. And what better way to spice it up and get fans buzzing than about uniforms? You know, everybody complains about a uniform that they don't have to wear. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Like the, the, it's because of the uniforms that they didn't play well. No, it's because <laughs> of lack of execution, not because of the uniform they wear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those are those are pure, pure facts. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. So, um, well, have you, uh, let's go off topic for a minute while, while we still can, um, NFL, have you watched any of the preseason? I have actually watched, um, yesterday. I watched a little bit of that Jacksonville game, um, yesterday. Um, Lawrence didn't look bad. Um, I saw that, um, ETN, um, hurt his foot, you know, hopefully it says he's out, he may be out for the season, but hopefully he's not. Um, I tell you what, Garner, him and Garner Minshew are in a battle now. Yeah, Garner Minshew did look back the other night. He's he's a special dude. Um, you know, we got a uh, Cam Newton as well. Um, I guess he's in COVID protocol now, or something like that. Yeah, he um, went so, he went off. He went away from the facility and took a test. And now he's in COVID protocol. Yeah, so you know, you never know how that's going to go. But um, I'm not really an NFL guy, but I kind of I like the preseason because you know you get to see. Um, everybody else, you know, my Cowboys are uh, hopefully, ah, you know, so we, we can, do, we can do figure have, it out. Do you have HBO? Are you I, watching I them on hard knocks? No, I can't. Every time a team's on hard knocks, something bad happens. Yeah. You can tell that team on hard knocks. You can tell Mike McCarthy is just, he's not really the head coach. I think Jerry Jones is really the head coach right now. And that's what I hate about the NFL. You know, at least in college football, we know who the head coach is. You know, when you go to Alabama, you know that Nick Saban is the one in charge. You go to Georgia, you go to Clemson, you know Dabo and Kirby are in, smart, are, are in charge. You know, you even go to Florida and Dan Mullins in charge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You go to the NFL, Atlanta, we all know Arthur Blake's in charge. Mm-hmm. You go to New England, Crafton's in charge. You well, know, no, Be- Be- Belichick runs that franchise pretty much. You know, for the most but yeah, part. but Kraft, you know, Kraft's like right behind him. Yeah, right, it's, right it's a it's step. a it's a weird dy- <laughs> it's a weird dynamic. Every once in a while, they step on each other's toes, and they still haven't figured out how to draft wide receivers. I, I don't understand yeah. that, but so, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where Jerry, you're you're the owner. Go be the owner. You're mm-hmm. not the coach. Yeah, you I know, mean, he, so. he he probably pissed away four Super Bowls because him and Jimmy couldn't get along. 
All right. Jimmy's the best thing to come through there. Mm -hmm. Now there's a few franchises. I appreciate that. Let their coaches actually be the head coach. And that's the Seahawks. Like you hear nothing Mm -hmm. about their owner, the Rams, the 49. Well, Eh, maybe the 49ers. Yes. You think so? Like yeah, him and Lynch, John Lynch. Lynch is, yeah, him and Lynch are, him and Lynch are good. Yeah, they, they do it. Sean Payton down in New Orleans, even though I mm-hmm. can't stand the Saints, but they, they let him run, they let him run things. Um Kansas City. Kansas City, uh, which would they be stupid if they didn't? Um, the I think the Bucks are areas now. Mm-hmm. I think uh Mike Vrabel here in Tennessee. I think mm-hmm. they let him run the show. Uh if the Browns don't let Kevin Stefanski run the show, they're stupid. Yes. Uh, the Vikings, unfortunately, with Mike Zimmer, I, I, <laughs> I love him to death, but he just I, he just doesn't inspire me as a head coach. Uh, Green Bay, we don't know who Aaron Rodgers apparently runs that team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think they got some stuff to work out up there. <laughs> you think, um, but yeah, no, I, I've, I've watched some of these preseason games, um, you know, very sparingly and, you know, keeping up with, I'm in a dynasty league. So obviously I'm keeping up with my rookies and people I just mm-hmm. drafted like Davis mills is probably could be uh QB one down in Houston. Uh, I hope so. Cause I drafted him in the fourth round. <laughs> um, we do a rookie draft. So like when you get in the fourth round, you're drafting people like me <laughs> who yeah. just, who just barely made a team, you know? Um, and then you end up dropping those guys, but you know, uh, Micah Parsons has been outstanding for the Cowboys. Speaking of Cowboys, mm-hmm. and I'm really excited about CD lamb. I have him on my team. That dude is special. Yeah. He's a good player now. He's a really good player. He's really going to help if we can stop some people. Mm-hmm. He, he's got, you know, oh yeah. Uh, Dexter Lawrence has, has got to be that guy. Yeah. Or De- Demarcus yeah, Lawrence, right? Is it it's going to be fun to see. Me it's going to be fun to see. Yeah. going to be fun to see. I'm a Falcons football's fan. Back. So. Football's back, baby. That's all I'm worried about. That's football's all. That's back. all that you worry about. So, <laughs> so let's make a, let's make a few picks because we got some Week Zero games, and mm-hmm. since there's only a small handful, we can pick them all, right? All right. So let's start with the uh, let's start with this barn burner: Southern Utah and San Jose State. That game is kicking off. That's actually a 9 p.m. game or 10 p.m. game for you. So that's a West Coast special. I'm excited. San Jose was a bowling t- was a bowl team last year. Yeah, they, I'm going were, San Jose State. Yeah, there you go. Uh, New Mexico State and UTEP, 830 Ooh. from uh, from Aggieland and Las Cruces. I think I'm going to take the Utes on that one. The Miners, the UTEP Miners. They have a really mm-hmm. cool logo. I like their logo. I think um, I'm going to take the Miners. They, uh, yeah, they, they, they've done some improving slowly but steadily under Dana Dimmel. Um, here's an interesting matchup. Hawaii at UCLA. UCLA is a team. I did the Pac-12 preview with uh, on the Illegal Motion uh, College Football Podcast, and UCLA is, is a team that I am high on because they've got a lot of experience coming back, and including their starting five up front. They mm-hmm. are, I think, to me, I think they're going to win the Pac-12 South. I don't think they're going to win think, the Pac-12 because Oregon is outstanding, but they're going to uh, win the South Division for sure. I think I think Chip Kelly finally got what he wants now. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's finally, you know, getting guys that he wants in. Um, so I think yeah, I think UCLA is definitely a team to look out for. I think I don't know what Hawaii has coming back, but I think with UCLA being who they are now, who Chip yeah. Kelly has established that team as, 
I think UCLA is going to win that one by a landslide. Yeah, I, I don't think it matters what Hawaii has because UCLA is going to be really, really good. Uh, another game that really doesn't matter, UConn. I, do they still have a program? I'm not sure. Obviously, they do because they're on the schedule, but they travel to Fresno State. Um, that game's just going to be exciting because, well, if you you just got to love game. you got to love football. Um, <laughs> it's also an 11 a.m. kick on the West Coast in Fresno. So, Ooh. yeah, I'm taking Fresno in that one uh, simply because it's a little bit early for our guys um, coming a, from a, the East Coast to the West that's Coast. A hell so, of a trip, man! You travel uh, across the country and you kick off at 11 a.m. That's talk about. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, you got to be ready to play anytime. And they're bad. So, uh, but the game, the game of the week, obviously, is uh, Nebraska and Illinois. The storylines at Nebraska. I would hate to be Scott Frost right now. He's probably polishing his resume so that maybe he can take over at UConn next year. Um, but uh, Illinois, I really like what Illinois has, uh, what they're bringing mm-hmm. to the table right now, because Brett Bielema is, man, he is. As far as Big Ten coaching, he can get it done. Um, yeah. he, he knows how to – like, he was a fish out of water in the SEC, let's be honest. Um, he went into a program that was already struggling a little bit, um, and and he just he just couldn't seem to find his footing in the, in the SEC um, because the SEC is a completely different animal. But mm-hmm. now he's back to an Illinois program that he's going to help resurrect. He's got some. He's got some guys on the staff. He's going to update his scheme, things like that. I'm hearing some positive things out of Illinois. Not so positive things out of Nebraska. Illinois is hosting in Champaign. That is a 12 p.m. kick Central Time, 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. game for you. That's a Fox National game. I'm excited for it. I can't wait to see it. And Big Ten football's back, man. So, oh yeah, I, I, I can't, like the I can't wait to watch it. I like the line on this one too. Um, you know, it didn't work out for Lovey Smith, but um, you can't say the man couldn't recruit. I think he no. got some great guys in. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you know with everything going on with COVID and all that kind of stuff, you know, you never know what might happen behind closed doors. But I think he he had the program moving in, in the right direction since let's see the Rose Bowl. I mean, Illinois played in in what two thousand one, two something like that. Seven. Well, they played, was it seven. It was seven. They got they got shellacked by USC. Yeah, the, but then the just think about how good they were. They were, they were a really good team then. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I think Levy kind of got them on the right track. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bellamy comes in now. Um, I think I don't think you're gonna get that ground and pound like you had in Wisconsin. Right. Um, but I think you know you change some things up. You know, throw the pill around a little bit. I think that'd be pretty good. Yeah, Nebraska, be- just stay out of trouble, mm-hmm. man. Just just stay out of trouble. Mm-hmm. It's gonna um, be a rough season for the Huskers. And just just understand, you got to keep eyes on everybody within your program, whether you know what's going on or you don't. Don't pay people. Make sure you follow all the rules. And follow, if you follow protocols, just, just, you're you're fine. Just, just be smart. You're making millions of dollars to win football games. You don't have to teach a class like we do. Mm-hmm. You don't have to really babysit. I mean, you coach football. Just do that. Yeah, and you got to recruit every once in a while. So. Um, we are going to wrap there. Um, I'm excited. The football is back. Um, we are the believe in Georgia dogs podcast on the believe podcast network. That's where you can hear us. You can see us and hear us on Brinks TV right here on our YouTube channel. We will be linked to the believe uh, YouTube channel as well. Uh, next week, um, stay tuned. Cause we will be talking some Clemson preview. 
We'll be getting ready. We'll be getting geared up for, for that big game. We'll be making some SEC picks. And again, we'll, we'll come at you on a Tuesday because I have a game Thursday next week. You have a game Thursday this week. Um, and uh, we will, uh, we'll come at you at, at our, at our new uh, temporary time. And then uh, we'll be back to our regular schedule after that um, for, for a little while until October. I think I have another uh, sometime in the middle of October, another Thursday game, but um, I'm excited, man. I'm excited that football is finally here. Um, as you see below, subscribe, comment, uh, pass it along, man. Cause without you guys, there is nothing. So find us, hit us up, right? Hit us up right through there. See where my pen's pointing. There's a little scroll It's scrolling across, right? Follow the show on all social media at believe in dogs. Yeah, there you go. See, you can see, I can narrate that for you. Are you the one that does the voice for us? I am not, but I can imitate it somewhat. Uh, that's, that's, that, that's, that is pretty dang good right there, brother. I, I've got it nailed. Uh, no, that's Carter. <laughs> that's Carter, the believe uh, audio engineer. So um, he's, he's the one that kind of helped me get this show uh, kicked off and getting my audio mixed and stuff like that. So he is uh, even more of an audio guru than I am, believe it or not. So, but uh, yeah, find us on YouTube. Um, visit bet online. Go make some bets. Go win some money. Mm-hmm. Then, get, then, then spend it on us, right? So uh, the timer has yelled at me and now has shut the door and and left the building. So we're going to do the <laughs> same. We are the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Networks and Brinks TV. We thank you for watching. We hope you subscribe and comment and follow us uh, along for this journey we call football season. We are presented by Bet Online. That's all we got today. We'll see you back here next week as we preview the Clemson Tigers. We make our picks and we get underway in the season. For Israel Troop, I'm Corey Burton. So long. See you later. And obviously, go dogs. Go dogs. We're out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.